Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbet and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Wow, Roy oh, Orbison. I know who likes Roy Orbison. Is it? Uh, I do. <laughs> yes. Is it the lighthouse I, in the middle of the fog? Good morning, Gene. Look, Gene gave me a CD, uh, a video of, of Roy Orbison. That was fantastic. I still watch that. I pop it in sometimes and watch it. And I know you're a fan of Roy Orbison. I am, too. I miss him. He was transitional between Elvis, the Beatles, uh, all, a lot of great uh, classic artists. No question about it. My friend Gene Valentino, you are down in uh, South Florida this uh, this week. I don't know what you're doing down there. You hadn't told me, but uh, hey, if you want to share it with us, you're welcome to. Otherwise, I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have a way of lighting the match in the gas tank and then expecting no explosion. I mean, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm here in South Florida visiting my friends at the Icon Aircraft Company. They're they're um, it's one it's the East Coast home for Icon Aircraft. It's where this uh, seaplane you keep talking about came from it's actually from uh, vacaville california but the east coast office is where i uh, conveniently came to uh, monthly for the last few years before i brought my plane home yeah it's a nice area down here tampa is a progressive and growing area and i mean the word progressive in a in a uh, eclectic sense that it's uh, really a diversity of arts culture entertainment business economics it's a it's the kind of growing city that I think is one of the top five in the nation, and we should look carefully and study how they're doing it. Yeah, Tampa is a great town. You know, uh, in a a previous life, another business, I I had an office down in Ybor City, which that's where you are. And I always loved Tampa, and I told people, I tell people all the time, Tampa is one of the most overlooked cities in the country as far as things to do, the culture, the people, it's just a wonderful place. And many, many people who go to Tampa just can't believe how awesome it is. I think in a grander sense, Michael, it is also the uh, it, it, the, the merging, the melting pot. We use that word frequently. It's, it, Florida is a melting pot, pot with immigration and races and creeds and colors. Folks from all walks of life are here and DeSantis and Marco Rubio, uh, our U.S. Senator DeSantis, our governor, uh, have all done a great job at considering all aspects of uh, life, culture, ethics, morals, standards from different groups and uh, established rules, especially during this COVID crisis, that seem to not only make sense but have been working extremely well in the context of the rest of the nation. Yeah, you know, Marco Rubio, a good senator, and, uh, you know, a minority, by the way, folks, in case anybody was wondering, but they never, you never hear that in Washington, D.C. That, yeah, because his skin is white. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, let's be I mean, honest. It's that, that's not just about the whiteness or blackness or tanness. It's, um, it's about diversity and culture and creed and uh, oh my words! We've, uh, Florida is such a diverse area, 
and it's, it takes nothing away from Mississippi. I enjoy my hunting grounds in Mississippi and the wonderful state that you, you, your show is in. But um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Brian Kilmeade from um, Fox News will be in uh, Jacksonville later today on a book signing. Uh, Clearwater, Florida, the day after, and then back up to McLean, Virginia. Uh, but, you know, back on Ron DeSantis, if I may. Yeah, sure. Here's a, here's a governor. He actually came to my hometown in Pensacola yesterday and proposed his for his new state budget more than $100 million to better fund the Florida National Guard and to reestablish a Florida State Guard civilian volunteer force. $100 million to help with the maintenance at existing armories across the state and uh, all the support needed. Guess what? As a consequence to the, go- the governor in Texas, uh, realizing what he had to do to bolster the protection of his borders because our president won't. So I'm, t- I'm very pleased with uh, Governor DeSantis and the way he's taken a leadership role in uh, protecting the integrity of Florida, and I think a lot of states around us are doing the same. Well, I think you're right, and of course, Texas, because they, uh, you know, because of the border with Mexico, that's where a lot of the problems are, but... You have to remember that uh, Florida also is a state where a lot of migrants try to get to, you know, by boat, uh, however they can get there. And so, you know, Florida has some issues. And, of course, you know, the Puerto Rican population down in I think Tampa's got a pretty large Puerto Rican, uh, or I'm sorry, Cuban population down there. Those guys, you know, the ones that have had the taste of some of this stuff that Joe Biden's peddling to us, they're not buying it. Oh, there you go. That's right. I mean, the, the Cubans of South Florida despise Biden simply because these Cubans lived in socialistic and dictatorship under Castro. They've tasted the ugliness of, uh, of uh, autocratic forms of government. And as a consequence, they are not only free, but they're, they're the, the best thing about America is that it is a melting pot and people came here to uh, leave the misery and uh, depravity of where they came from. They are the best soldiers. They are the best salesmen to talk up the benefits of America, not some of these woke, spoiled brats who are one or two generations deep coming out of Harvard Law School who think, you know what, doesn't stink. Yeah. Well, look, you know, you and I both have had the opportunity in our lives, and I'm very thankful for it, to travel abroad and to see some of these places that you're talking about. And I've never been to Cuba, but I've been to places that, you know, are not exactly first world type uh, uh, governments. And let me tell you, if you post a sign on the corner that you're giving away U.S. visas, you can draw a crowd of thousands within a, within a few hours. It, it literally there are that many people that want to get out of the conditions that they're in and come to this country. And as bad as you may think it may be here because of the way the news media portrays our country, let me tell you something. There are very few poor people in the United States of America. And when I say poor people, I mean like homeless, got nothing, nowhere to eat, no roof over their head. The people that are homeless are typically folks that have many issues, and let's just let's just leave it at that. We we all know what it is. But if you are willing to do what it takes to get any kind of assistance or what have you, I mean, we're the only country in the world where you have what we can consider to be poor people 
with air conditioning and color TVs. I mean, th- you don't Michael, see that. Michael, you were, you're, you're very familiar uh, with law enforcement. I know it's in your background. And, um, what it, you know, 60% of America is saying we're moving in the wrong direction now. In your earlier years, would you have ever seen such insanity of smash and grab looting going on and, uh, and, and it being tolerated and, uh, the people getting charged and let, being let off without a bond, just being let off with the promise to appear? Do you really think this is the way it was just two decades ago? Well, let me just put it like this. You know, I have the, I have the, uh, I, I guess the grace that God's given me to have some age on me. And looking back on, on what I've seen over the years, I have a pretty wide view of how things work. And let me just say this. If you allow things, you'll get more of it. I mean, that's just oh. the bottom line. <laughs> Yeah, we've talked about that. That's right. You get more of whatever you allow. You know, you can, you, can, you can reduce that right down to your own children. If you allow your own children to do certain things, guess what you're going to get? More of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, 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 it's, I, I do appreciate the legal immigrants who are here because they have a sense of appreciation and, and standard uh, that um, really... Uh, is something that cannot be forgotten in the scope in, in the way our democracy works. Our democracy was designed to have built into it a little bit of tension that causes us to bring into review uh, certain things that causes us to uh, allows us to speak up and speak out when things don't seem right. And under the Biden administration, that freedom to speak up and speak out doesn't seem to exist anymore. He's so anxious to blame someone. And compare that to just four years earlier. Trump wasn't blaming anybody. He jumped into the alligator pit and tackled every alligator in his sight. And this this guy's running for cover. As a matter of fact, yesterday he accidentally called uh, uh, Tony Fauci the president of the United States. I, I just don't know what to make of this this situation we're in. Well, you know, we have a situation where we have a president who's in cognitive decline. He got there because of forces that, uh, well, uh, you know, we all, a lot of us think that these forces used the pandemic last year to change laws. And which, by the way, you know, that's a whole nother story that we could get on to about oh, how, yeah. the, how the Congress and the, and the Constitution uh the Continental Congress and the Constitution set up the ways that elections are run nationally, and a lot of the laws were violated. The Constitution was violated. So there's a lot of things that happened last year that were an aberration to our Constitution and to the way that we normally elect people. I don't think you'll see another Joe Biden in, in, the, in the next election, the next presidential election. I think people are going no, the po- Yeah, the polls are showing that, Michael. And you know what I noticed about their character they're very defensive, uh, highly defensive. They um, um, they try to please by uh, judging people, and uh, they love to debate, and they talk in abs- the absolutes, you know, in high-gloss terms, but they never seem to address the real problem. Uh, look, all I know is one thing. In 2019, over 2,800 pounds of fentanyl came across that border that were seized. 
who knows what really came across. Yeah, you could guess if you probably half again or more of that came across without anybody noticing it. Well, okay then, because the next year, 2020, 4,700 pounds were seized. And the point is, this year, under Biden, 11,300 pounds of of fentanyl was seized. How much got through? That 10,000 pounds of fentanyl can kill a million, a hundred million people. It's crazy. It's an extreme. We're allowing it to go on, and these Democrat woke folks who think it's okay to talk in such high glossed absolutes and ignore the damn border that was secured and handed to them on a silver platter is an absolute disgrace. Of it what is. They have done and, and by the way, so my. So let me just tell you this. So my daughter's getting married, and she's marrying an Englishman who is from England. And on their honeymoon, they're going to visit his mother and his family because they can't come over because of all this COVID nonsense. So they're going to go. So you know what now they got to do? They got to take a COVID test, even though they've had COVID, both of them, and have been vaccinated. They got to take a COVID test before going and coming back. So, it, you know, all of this stuff about this vaccine and all that, it's just ridiculous. The whole thing is getting ridiculous, and people are starting to see through this jump. Yeah, Michael, we need a we need we need to chat sometime about just the whole uh, pharmaceutical issue, the oversight of um, uh, I should say the lack of attention given to ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine as a as a as a solution to be preventative in nature has really been a story that we have not talked about. And I think it just has to do with money, big money and big pharma. Big pharma. Let me tell you, you know, it's it, there's no question that a lot of the things that are going on today are because of big pharma. Nothing wrong with, with big pharmaceutical companies. I'm not getting after them in, in any way. But they have influence over our legislative branch of our government. And you see where 80, uh, 80 Republicans voted to have this... Uh, what are they calling it? It's like a it's like a list of people. They're keeping a list of people that are not vaccinated. There's something wrong with that. Yeah, it's the, it's the beginning of a hit list. Exactly. Hey, we don't want hit lists. You want you want you want to know something good? I just discovered here. I I just found on my uh, call up here. Twenty seconds. December third, December third, nineteen sixty seven. On this day, a miracle of modern medicine took place. For the first time, a human heart was successfully transplanted into another person. By the 1960s, the medical world heard about a South African surgeon by the name of Christiane Barnard, who scrubbed down and uh, uh, finalized, perfected the procedure to what we take for granted today, heart transplants. Wow. Uh, The Velvet Hammer. Gene Valentino, you can go to genevalentino.com and you can see our uh, previous uh, stories that we've had here. The audios are there. Gene, thank you for joining us and have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. It is 7.30. We're at the bottom of the hour. Fox News break and we're back with the weather with Michael Paul and more of your wake-up service. 